0: Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, a bit of a ball draw, but a couple of new faces. We'll hear from one of them, and
1: Gary Monk as well. Um, I called it a board draw. Is that fair? Very. <laughs> very. I don't think it's going to take us very long to uh, get through Millwall, is it? Well, I mean, we've got a good half hour to fill on it. We'll just leave a I, I was thinking we'd we'll just leave a lot of long pauses. <laughs> I think we'd we'll just go down that route, Road, but... Um, There really wasn't a lot to get your teeth into it. I don't think it was completely the uh, reaction response that we were necessarily looking for after Wigan. Uh, But at least kept a clean sheet. Well, that's true. That is true. Uh,
0: It's the the second goalless draw that we've had at Hillsborough this season. The first being Leeds, which was a genuinely entertaining 0-0 game. Mm. Um, Yeah, this... Really wasn't. So um, first thing to talk about then team selection. The probably the biggest surprise being there weren't really any big surprises. So Gary Monk had kind of talked up about um, you know it was it was possibly the end of the line for some players, mm. um, and we kind of expect him to ring the changes. And then the team
1: didn't look that dissimilar, really. No, it didn't. Uh, I suppose the big tactical change that he made was he playing. Adam Reach in the number ten position, which I really think we need to ditch that experiment now. I think that I think we've seen enough this season to go as good a player as Adam reach is I don't think it's gonna get the best out of him. He didn't play close enough to. Atty Knew You for me. They didn't play as a partnership. And as as clever and as versatile player as Adam Reach is, I think he's better out wide than what he is, certainly as a number 10. And he has put some good performances in over the years in central midfield. I'm not taking that away from him, but I just think that uh, as a number 10, the, the, uh, you know, we, we've we seen Fernando Forcieri play very well in that position. Uh, and that's where he's played the majority of his career or where he likes to play so he can drift and roam and get in between the lines. But yeah, I, I think for Adam Reach, you're not going to get the best out of him. But ironically, he really did have the best chance that Wednesday created in the first half that was diabolically bad. <laughs> but the sec- yeah, the second half there were more positive signs, which I'm sure we'll come on to in a bit. We will do. Um, Yeah, I had a weird feeling to it,
0: this game for me. It kind of, it felt like the last game that we had to play before the end of the transfer window. So it was like we were playing players in positions that we probably thought, come the of the game, we might not do. So, you know, Ati New you as a lone striker, Adam Reach as a number 10. We 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 hoped, and obviously it subsequently happened, that we'd bring in a couple of players to give us more options in those attacking areas. So it was almost like a game that we just had to get out of the way without a, uh, disaster, just a weird feeling to it. Even at full time, you, you'd you kind of think that's not a very good result at home to Millwall only drawing the game with the situation that we've been in. But kind of like, a, well, at least it's out of the way now and we can concentrate on the next chapter that comes after we bring in some players
1: on, on Friday. Well, I get where you're coming from, but then I suppose we do have to balance that with look at how well Millwall have done under Gary Rowett since he'd gone in there and they are... In that top 10 and also knocking on the door of trying to probably get that fifth or sixth okay. spot in the playoffs. But yeah. I, I know that you do look at it, of course, we, we, we go into it and we're thinking that Wednesday at home, they should be beating teams like Millwall, but it doesn't always work like that, as we've seen well, in this league particularly. But was So was it a case of Millwall keeping
0: Wednesday at bay and Wednesday really you know knocking on the door or was it a case of Wednesday just not really being good enough to ultimately create
1: the chance that wins a game like that? No, there was a lack of quality I thought in the opening 45 minutes and then things picked up after the break when they introduced Fernando Forosieri and Alessio de Cruz I thought that was when um, there were more positive signs for Wednesday, definitely, when they came on. Uh, that's when I thought De Cruz was really bright. I liked what I saw of him. I thought that that was a really good sort of cameo performance. Uh, and he linked up better in the small amount of time he was on the pitch with Ati Niu than what Adam Reach had done in the hour and a bit that it was those two together. And Forrest he does what, we expect from Forestieri where you you sort of play him on that left-hand side and give him the ability to then come in and make things happen. Um, And so, yeah, when you're looking at the positives, yeah, those two subs, Dominic Ioffa, I thought was terrific on the whole. Um, And I suppose the other big tactical change or the one that surprised me a little bit was So we had Adam reaching the number 10, but then I expected Liam Palmer to go to left-back, and actually it was Moses Odepaggio, who we all know, and we've criticised him on this podcast many a times this season, as I have quite a lot of other Wednesday fans, and rightly so, for his performances this season. But to give him his due, I thought he was solid, certainly defensively, uh, and he kept a very dangerous customer in Jed Wallace quiet. Let's let's concentrate on um, the
0: positive of that defensive performance then, uh, because we've we've had a torrid time. I mean, you think about just probably pretty much Boxing Day onwards, it's been a fairly torrid time for Wednesday, with the odd positive here and there, but generally speaking, it's it's not been it's not been great. Um, Moses Odabaggio coming back into the team I, I'm yeah, I mean it pretty clear I'm not a huge fan of his but he's obviously done something that Gary Monk now feels that he's got a, a role to to play even if it's just very much in the short term and whether or not he views him having a long term future I don't, I don't know um, is that centre back pairing now starting to settle down a little bit again because we it was chopping and changing a bit wasn't it and that wasn't really suiting
1: us the problem is I I think James that the lack of strength and depth fullback full-back has really contributed, I think, to Wednesday's defensive problems over the last couple of months. When you think of Liam Palmer and now recently Morgan Fox picking up injuries, Wednesday have had to juggle that back for quite a bit. So Dominic Ialfa stepped in, hasn't he, on a couple of occasions at right-back. Liam Palmer has played left back at parts of the season. So has Moses Odubajo, uh, and then we've we've seen the emergence of Azazi. So I I think on the, the bigger picture is that defensively that there's been quite a bit of disruption for whatever reason uh, for Wednesday, and that's I think certainly contributed to the lack of clean sheets. But yeah, good that Wednesday have got back to it's basics on that and that have kept clean sheet but of course you're still looking at the attacking aspects and now that's where we're hoping that the deadline day business is going to make a big difference because the stats are pretty grim in that department uh, you know especially at Hillsborough where they've only scored 14 goals in 15 matches so that's got to change
0: so Fernando Forestieri um, coming back in um, or coming back on in the in the second half. Um, I think maybe he is the kind of player that we've missed, and we probably haven't realised just how miss how much we've missed someone that can take a take a game by the scruff of neck and just create something, which is something that Fernando Forestieri can do. I think the frustration being that increasingly we've seen it lessen less, but we don't really have anyone else there do we, that, that can do that? Even on, you know, when Jacob Murphy's having a good day, that's not the kind of player that that he is. Um, so brilliant to see Fernando Forestieri back. Whether or not he's got a future with the team, I don't know. But he's probably still got a role to play in these next
1: few games, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, definitely. They've missed him certainly as an option coming off the bench. Yeah. Uh, so there's no getting away from that. And yeah, I think he came back and he made an impact. And so, has he done enough now to justify a starting place at Barnsley? Who knows? Maybe it could be a bit too soon for him, having you know sort of only come back recently from injury. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But he certainly, I think, put it, you know he did himself a power of good um, on Saturday with that you know that performance that he produced after coming off the bench.
0: Absolutely right. Midfield, so we know now that you know we've got more options from an attacking point of view. Hopefully, Morgan Fox, over his injury, we've got more options from a defensive point of view. Where we don't really have any more options than we did a week ago is in midfield. Now, potentially Kieran Lee may be um, available we'll, we'll talk into a little bit more later on but we didn't bring in anyone new from a from a midfield point of view we talked about whether you know Alex hunt might be thrown in whether that might be a curve ball that was that was played we wondered whether or not when when Gary monk Talks about um, you know players that he's learnt a lot about from after the Wigan game was was Barry Bannon kind of falling in that category was he someone that that was you know getting a bit of a paste in there but he played and that midfield is unlikely to change very much in the next few games now because the options just aren't there and we'll we'll chat about Sam Hutchinson in a bit as well how um, how do you think that they played together Bannon and um, Palu I
1: was underwhelmed. I don't think it did function great um, against Millwall. I feel as if actually Barry Bannon's form is is going to become a concern sooner rather than later. That, uh, it's now been a period of matches where I don't feel as if Barry Bannon's been anywhere near his best. And I think if Wednesday are going to go on a good run, they could really do with Barry Bannon... Rediscovering his best form pretty quickly, um, as we know how integral he can be in midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joey Pelepesi. Now I know some people actually slated us, I think for saying that he. We thought he did a, a a decent job against QPR, and I do, and I stick by that. I do think he did all right there um, alongside Sam Hutchinson that that night. But the the last two matches, yeah, I, I just feel as if a lot of the game has. Gone, may have bypassed him and that uh, he, he needs to do more We we need to see more from Jerry Pellipesi.
0: Doesn't impose himself on a game particularly well, does he? Joey Pellipesi. Like there are games that um as you say, they just pass him by, that it just doesn't it just doesn't make an impact on on, on games. Um what what do we do then from a midfield point of view because we're not blessed with a lot of options um let's let's touch on this issue with Sam Hutchinson so um it, it's kind of become clear over the course of the last week or two that Gary Monk uh, has been you know quite actively has taken Sam Hutchinson out of the, out of the the squad. And um, we'll, we'll hear what he said about it when he was asked about it in his, in his media call this week in a moment. Um, But, as, as much as a manager will say anything negative about a player, he kind of said, well, that's it. You know, it's not, that's not going to change. He, he certainly didn't, he had the opportunity to say, well, it's, you know, Sam, Sam will be back in the fold or, or whatever. And, we didn't name and individuals, didn't. yeah. And it no. could have applied but, to but you, you
1: a could, couple of players. It, well, Kieran Westwood, yep. you could have thrown in there. Jordan Rhodes was not in the squad either. Right. Uh, against Millwall. And, of course, your personal favourite, David Bates. So th- there's actually about a quartet that you would say right now. Okay. They uh, d- do seem to be certainly way down in the pecking order. And, that uh, um, yeah, Gary Monk is is looking to the future. Right now, Wednesday needs some results if they're going to keep this season alive. So there will be some fans out there listening to this and thinking to themselves, then surely... You'd want Sam Hutchinson with what he's done for the club over the years uh, and what he can do on his day that it would maybe be a bit foolish to bomb him out or to you know look beyond him now with 16 matches still to play. Yes, his contract's up at the end of the season, but uh, yeah, some people will look at it and think, well, Sam Hutchinson can still have a part to play. Uh, And you're right in the sense that by leaving him out, then it leaves you with, what, four central midfielders. So Barry Bannon, Joey Pellipesi, Kieran Lee, Massimo Luongu. Luongu has had a stop-start season, full stop. He's had his injury problems. He's probably going to be a doubt for Barnsley. Uh, Kieran Lee, another one, injury issues. Um. And it was what they both played double figures this season, but quite a few of those have been from off the bench. Mm-hmm. So your options are then, in terms of recognised senior players, it's Barry Bannon and Jerry Pelipesi. I, I I understand and can see th- that Gary Monk, he he's had one transfer window to work with. They were never going to bring anyone in permanently. The priority was always on strengthening the forward line. Uh, And I suppose that's fine, but then it really does underline, doesn't it, just how big a rebuilding job there is to be done. That, okay, you're now going, right, he's not frozen Sam Hutchinson out, but he's not going to play him. He's taken that decision, it would appear. So Wednesday, where else have they got to turn to other than an Alex Hunt? The youth. Really, that's what else have they got. So they're looking a little bit... Yeah, Fred Bear at the moment with the injuries to Lee Luongu. Hutchinson is not going to be selected, it would seem. Uh, So yeah, Wednesday having to go with what they've got. And of course, there's no window now. And this is it for the next 16 matches. So I mean, the risk is, what if someone else picks up an injury...
0: Now um, Barry Bannons had a couple of injuries in his time at, at, at Wednesday. Um, you know, Joey Palupesti's been in and out of the fold, not necessarily injury related, but his forms fluctuated quite a lot, hasn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's weird how suddenly you know everything was about the lack of options we had up front, and then suddenly you just stop and go, hang on, we've not we've not got a midfield anymore. What's going on? Let's let's talk about Sam Hutchinson because you've um, you've spent a fair bit of time with Sam Hutchinson in 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 the time that he's been. At the club, you've done a couple of quite in-depth interviews with him. Two managers now that have, to varying extents, um, decided that they they weren't going to include him in their um, first-choice team. Let's let's put it that way. I don't want to use the word "frozen out" because that might be unfair on on, on Gary Monk and kind of whatever the situation is at the at the moment. Um, what? What, what, why why what what is it about sam hutchinson now we know that on his day he is as good a defensive midfielder as there is in this league and probably good enough to be playing in the in the premier league on his day the major issue with sam hutchinson's always been a, a temperament issue well two major issues i guess one a temperament issue um, and that is not just picking up silly bookings, but quite rash challenges. And even in games where Wednesday are out of sight and have got the three points in the bag, you see Sam Hutchinson just unable to stop himself making challenges on the halfway line when there's nothing to be gained from it. It's not, it's not I, a, a goal-scoring opportunity. I down to
1: reliability, James. I think that's, and that's what you're getting at there. I well, think the, other, the other thing obviously the manager, is injuries. No, well, I, I'm combining the two of... Yeah. the the bookings the temperament side and injuries and so Gary Monk has come in and has assessed the options that he's got and what he's had to play with over the last 5 months or so and he he's now taken the view that Sam Hutchinson big character in the dressing room he's been a great servant for Wednesday but he's 30 his contract's up at the end of the season Can you build a team around Sam Hutchinson? Something we've discussed before. The most matches that Sam Hutchinson, I think, has ever played in a season in his career is 30. When a championship season is 46 matches long and throwing cup games, playoffs. So under Carlos, Wednesday played, what was it, in his first season, nearly 60 matches. So Sam Hutchinson probably would have only played in half. That is the reality. So that's where we're at. And then you've also got the frustration too of how many times have we seen it over the last nearly six years of Sam Hutchinson where he actually starts a match and he comes off with an injury. That I think would be very frustrating if you're a manager right. when you get situations and scenarios i think where in the first half very early on we've seen that a couple of times with sam or even in the second half where he's gone off with an injury something's forced him off because let's face it sam hutchinson has probably had that pretty much every injury that you could think of in his career um so it then restricts you as a manager to what you can do off the bench. That's one less substitute you can use. So tactically, if things aren't going your way and then Sam Hutchinson's gone off for whatever reason with an injury, that's a bit of a game changer. And then this season, the discipline side has been arguably the worst it's ever been with 10 yellow cards and already having served, um, you know, two suspensions. So he's missed three matches through suspension and I've not added it up how many through injury, but let's go with double figures. Easily, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of matches to miss a player who can be a very influential figure on his day. Even his form, for me, has fluctuated. But Gary Monks looks at it, and I think he's just making a big, big decision. But it's not just Sam Hutchinson. The focus is going to be on him as he's the one. But look, Kieran Westwood has gone from number one to number three. But I think the
0: difference there is that we don't need Kieran Westwood right right now. We're not we're not crying out thinking, God, you know, we really need to change our goalkeeper. Well, you say but that mid- midfield is a situation you know, where we, we, as we've just talked about, we're, we're low on numbers. You know, right now would be a time if Sam Hutchinson was just coming back from injury, we'd be saying, "Thank God, Sam Hutchinson's back." Because but they might we, not be low on it.
1: numbers in in another week. Massimo Luongu's near. Kieran Lee might be. Certainly in the squad for Barnsley, so then you've got four I, I options. So what, then but, the clamour for Sam Hutchinson shouldn't be as high as what it is right now. But it, but it was last weekend
0: because you know we ended up playing. I'm not. A, it's unfair to describe Bannon and Palli Pessi as a makeshift midfield, but I think most fans and I know there's a debate about about this. But if if you go purely on on ability uh, of of the if there's three of them available then you go with bannon and hutchinson over bannon and Pellier-Pessy. i think most wednesday fans would would say that um what what i'm trying to figure out is what why 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 right now you know what 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 is it that when we're in a position where we really need midfielders what's what suddenly kind of tipped the balance to make him think, actually, it's better to play someone that's maybe as not as good a player than play Sam Hutchinson. Well, is, is it that get... trust has just fallen to bits? And and no. I guess the the what what I'm kind of asking here is, um, I've I've heard interviews with Sam Hutchinson, right? And he's great value to listen to because he's honest. He's painfully honest at times, uh, and that is one of his biggest qualities. And I imagine for a manager, that's one of his biggest weaknesses because this is a guy that speaks his mind, and if if he does that to the media, and we know that he's done that with fans. He's told fans at under 23 games, I'm fit, why am I not in the team? You know, he does speak his mind. He's quite honest with with people. Um,
1: is, is that the thing that could tip the balance if Gary Monk just thinks, I just can't trust this guy? I don't. I think it's that he can't trust him to play a full season. For the, the reasons I listed before, I think that's what... If you're Gary Monk and you're looking long-term, bigger picture, is Sam Hutchinson someone that you can build the team around. And I, I, I think it's purely for that. I really do. I think that it's the whole injury discipline, that track record, it's it's not great. And so Gary Monk wants players who are incredibly fit and that can play game in, game out, week in, week out. And, and, get, and so you're not going to get that with Sam Hutchinson. I think that's... You know purely what he's looked at and gone, I think that's why I'm gonna go in a in a different direction yeah you know, we we know that this has got shades of two years ago with Jos yeah. Kai. The difference then was that Sam Hutchinson and Westwood that was really early on in the season, and you're thinking well, at a time when Wednesday had injuries and he was trying to bring too many young players in. That, you know, I've said before, I think he got the execution wrong, whereas actually I do look at it now and, and I, I do understand it uh, in a lot of ways, why Gary Monk is thinking that I've got to make my mark on this team. Uh, and so if we're going to get some short-term pain for long-term gain, that's what he's going to do. Well let's hear from Gary Monk, um,
0: so he um, well, talks about a lot of things but first of all he was asked about this issue of um, players being frozen out.
2: Some are in better positions than others, that's clear um, and that's been communicated and yeah that's all I really need to say about it. Yeah, some are in much stronger positions than others but um, as I said my job is to communicate that, I'm not going to say what I've said to certain players or certain positions, I think that's to be respectful and to respect the players themselves but yeah there's been very clear on terms of certain standings within the squad And but my main focus is on the games ahead of me and the teams that will play and the squads that will be there to go and compete for those games. With Connor Wickham, he's not
1: started many matches this season, uh, how, how would you feel about throwing him straight in?
2: I think with the market that we were looking in, um, the area with loans and fre- freeze, those are the areas we were looking in quite naturally it's not going to be a market of of players that have been playing. You know, you're know, you not going to go and pluck someone on loan who's been playing every single game for another club. They're going to be players that are either not involved or in and out of teams, um, not have played all the minutes. That's just the market we were in. So we knew that anyway coming in here. But the, the key was to try and get the right type of players in. That's what I think we've done well. Um, that's what I've tried to do with Connor, um Alicio and, and Josh. The right type of players, right ages, right profiles. And then, um, of course, then it's to work with them to try and help them get up to speed and and then figure out, OK, how can we help them without asking too much of, if they play games, too much of them too soon and, and working a way to try and get them up to full fitness as they get more and more game game time. So um, I knew that coming in here. That's the market we were in. And with the three new guys coming in, how much have they lifted the group? Yeah, but I've noticed the difference. noticed the difference in all, in, all, in all the players, the atmosphere, um, fresh faces is what squads need and that needs to be a consistent process and that gives a lift to everyone as, as well as a competition to everyone. It gives a lift to players. Players want to see fresh players come in and competition come in because it heightens the senses, heightens the competition, the competitiveness, um, the threat of it but also the good side of it, the quality that this player could bring to us and um, and help. So all of those things mixed in are what a squad want and what a squad needs and yeah, we managed to do that. And, seen a good response from the from the squad this week and um, and yeah determination for this weekend but it's all doesn't matter, all that matters is what we do on, on Saturday against Barnsley With the run that you have been on how is confidence
1: generally in the group?
2: Yeah I think like anything wins are the ultimate confident booster but yeah it's, it's part of it I haven't seen a dip in the trainings, the effort and commitment that's clear, I said that from the start that's never really been a a problem for me but it was the mentality side of it so um but same as what we probably just spoke for in the previous question is like is have you got that resilience and mentality to come fighting back for your teammates and for yourself do you believe the team they're capable of going on
1: a good run very soon to get back up into well they've already shown
2: they're capable of doing that mm-hmm. in this league and going on a, a consistent run and they need to show it again but I'm included in that we all have the responsibility for that so um. My team selections and stuff like that and are crucial. The responsibility first place, and then go and deliver their own performances within that team. One is, is responsibility. So we're all it's a collective, you know. But one thing for sure, we will stick together. One thing for sure, we're going to fight through it. And the ones that can fight the hardest will play. Do you think you have made some mistakes since Christmas with team selection or tactics? Do you think we always make things? mistakes? We're managers. No one's perfect. Mistakes happen. That's life. Your job is to reflect understand we can all be a manager after a game everyone can reflect after a game my decision is to make decisions before it happens so you always try and make those decisions with the best intentions everyone can be a manager after a game and say that this could have been done better and that that's done uh,
0: we say this every week. Uh, big week big week coming up for, uh, for Wednesday so you say it. Uh, <laughs> um, two teams who are I think both in the bottom three um, not in great form two teams that have only won one game each All year, although maybe Wednesday are in that boat as well. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Barnsley first. They had a little bit of a recovery under their new manager, but it's kind of fallen away again now. But you've got that South Yorkshire Derby element to it. Barnsley pick up their game against Wednesday.
1: Um, It feels like it's a while since we've won there. Not as long as you think, and actually, the record against Barnsley is rather good. It's 11. Certainly at Hillsborough, isn't it? No, no, in general, it is. It's 11 unbeaten. Right. Uh, Going back to 2009, that was the last time that Barnsley beat Wednesday. I'm trying
0: to think of the last time that we won at Oakwell because I I can remember the game when Chris O'Grady scored. Um, it was right down the other end of the pitch, and it was a, a bit of a weird one because it was a packed penalty area, and from the away end, no one was really sure whether it had gone in or not. I remember that one, uh, but that's Chris Grady, so that's going back quite. The a last while. few have been I draws. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm wondering if that is the last time that we won there, and then after that, there has been a lot of One-offs. a lot of draws. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll they'll feel like they always won. We'll feel like actually it's about time that we went there and got a win. They're in the bottom three. They're not in great form. Wednesday, equally, not in amazing form. Uh, but this is going it needs, to... It needs a big performance. It needs players to stand up
1: and find the way of getting that win. It does, absolutely. Uh, and on that note, what would your team be? Uh, right, well, that's
0: a good question. Um, are we... Um, obviously, you, you, you spoke to him yesterday. Are we...
1: Expecting Morgan Fox to be back for this one, I know he's the one that's still a little bit of a doubt. My hunch is, I think Morgan Fox is not going to be fit, right? So that then affects the defense, doesn't it? Uh, Conor Wickham, I think that's nailed on. He's yep. going to come straight in. Yeah. What would you do with Josh Windass? I think he'll be on the bench. Do you? I think he will. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, I, I could maybe see him playing. Actually,
0: I think De Cruz might play.
1: Yeah, I think you know he did. He's. Case a world of good last week. Well, he's, he's that kind of player that's
0: got. Um, he doesn't really have any fear, you know. He's not. He's not being conditioned by the championship yet. Um, so you know, while while you've got that, and he'll just think, "Well, I can go out and win this game single-handed." Why not? What get him in the team while while he's still while he's still got that. So you'd play but, him
1: and Wickham up from. Um, well, he's an interesting player, isn't he? Because we don't we don't know what his best position is yet. Um, Gary Monks has has suggested it's. He sees him as a number nine, though, or sees him playing as a striker. Okay, yeah, although he has played on you know, out wide uh, in his career. In, in
0: which case, yeah, I mean, you know, the, there's there's no point us looking at a system of playing three midfielders because we haven't got them. So we 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 play two up front. Why not those yeah. two?
1: Well, I don't see him deviating from four four two. That seems to be the, the and, formation and that- right now that Gary Monk's fixed on. So it, it's then. The you know who the personnel that you're going to put in those positions who so, like you I'd quite like to see De Cruz and Wickham up front that's exciting I it like is that. exciting I like that and also how attack minded do you want to be because there is then the option of Fernando Forestieri so do you put Fernando Forestieri on the left you see I I, I think, think when's I, when I, when I I'd be tempted I really would that for this for Wednesday with the run that they've been on why like you say the next few matches are key, right? The the playoffs is now getting further and further away, so Wednesday have to go on a good run, and it has to be now. So they've got to be going all out for wins. Now, Gary Monk has been criticised a fair amount for sort of maybe the negative and conservative approach at times, and I think I think I'd say yeah. I would say on occasions that it's been warranted on others I think it's been maybe a bit harsh but I definitely think that you're playing the bottom two away from home and Wednesday have actually been better away from home mm-hmm. and seem more suited don't they to playing away from home that I, I I think that almost attack is the best form of defence in some ways and I think that with the attacking options they've got now there's no point Connor Wickham, Alessio De Cruz, Josh Windass coming to Sheffield Wednesday to sit on the bench. No. They need to be unleashed. Um, Windass is
0: an interesting one because I don't know a huge amount about where he's best suited or his best position, where he'd fit into the team. He he was a name that sort of came from nowhere, like very quickly, it sort of a name that was mentioned and the next thing it was like, well, it's... You know, it's pretty much done there was talk originally about it possibly being a deal involving Jordan Rhodes going the other way and then it became quite apparent that we were determined to get this one
1: done so Gary Monk obviously sees him as fitting a role in this team yeah definitely hard working um, aggressive player who's versatile Uh, Josh Windass the fact that he can play right left or up front I I think that's the sort of player that yeah that Gary Monk Wants uh, to give him that flexibility, especially out wide, that we've banged on about it so much that Wednesday have had their issues with form from Jake Murphy to Kadeem Harris to Adam Reach, that all three have been up and down. So are you taking all three out and you're going to
0: stick Win nass as well? Yeah. I would so just go all new look. I'd attack. love it. Incl- I'd love- I mean, if we count Forestieri as being part of a new look attack, because he's all, almost like a new player again. I'd, I'd
1: love it, but whether Gary Monk decides to to do that, he may think that I'm now sort of backtracking a little bit. Well, I, uh, I, I well, maybe an, may an Adam Reach, or you'd have somebody who you know what you're going to get from them away from home. Uh, and then you have either Forestieri or Windass, perhaps up your sleeve should you need to throw them on I I think he'll play reach I think that reach gives you that
0: player that's also got a bit of a defensive brain and stops it from um, being the complete unknown which it would be by playing that that forward line without without reach there. Um, then I suppose you've got that question on the left of do you play Forestieri, do you play Windass, do you stick with one of the other players? Um, I I'd, I'd like to. I think Forestieri would be excited about playing with De Cruz and Wickham, and I think that will see him up his game for for that, and and
1: and it will really garner his interest in the in the game. You know what? Also, I think if you play Forestieri, Wickham, De Cruz, that's the most mobile attacking unit that Wednesday have had I think maybe for months when you think that Stephen Fletcher still out injured or good news actually that Stephen Fletcher you see he might be back say middle of March ahead of schedule by a couple of weeks so maybe Stephen Fletcher will be back say for the last Ten matches, right. that, and then you know you're thinking, look at them for playoff push. Uh, I don't it's know, back it it on. will be back, on. but you've got to be in the position to then you know kick on, and then he'd be yeah. like the you know cliche new signing when he's fit. But we, I suppose what I would also look at is that Barnsley defensively, they are shipping goals in for fun that is, uh, you know been a huge weakness and problem for them all season their record actually at Oakall isn't too bad they've been much better at home than they have away so I'm not expecting it to be an easy assignment at all for Wednesday but I would like to think that the lift the new signings have given the dressing room and if they come straight into the team that that will hopefully, lead to a positive result and, and, and hopefully it'll run. That's what we want to see. Um, I hope some people listen
0: back to this conversation after the Barnsley match and think, what a ridiculous point to raise this is. But uh, we've seen Gary Monk sometimes be a, a slightly conservative manager. Is there any risk at all here that he's not going to put any of those new players in he's going to say they're just not ready?
1: No, no, from and, the way he was talking, with, you no, he know, will. What, He'd be throwing if that them
0: team in. sheet comes out and Attie knew he was playing a, yeah.
1: as a as a lone striker. No, they're definitely gonna play, I would say, at least one, if not two. I'd be gobspats if he didn't play them. I, I, I there is absolutely no way that you've signed Connor Wickham and you'll be paying a decent amount of and proportion of his wages, loan fee. He you can't leave Conor Wickham, right, he was ineligible for Millwall, fair enough, but you can't not then play him. He's just had a whole week of training, as has Josh Windass. It's actually been the perfect build-up for the, for those guys to get used to the new teammates, not that it's actually that new for Conor Wickham, um, having been here a few times before. But yeah, DeCruz, you've got him up to speed more. You've got to play them, you have to. Um, let's hear from Connor
0: Wickham because um, I actually found some of this stuff that he talked about, kind of you know how things have have changed since he was last year really interesting. So uh, yeah, let's hear from Connor Wickham. What's your personal
1: target between now and the end of the season, Connor? And what do you think is realistic for the
3: team? I think it's been, well the the whole change room has the change room, the change the training facilities has completely completely changed since I was here. So I think the the ambition of the club the the way that the the chairman the way the manager wants to go the the, the direction they want to move in is quite clear to everyone um, especially now I'm not being back for five or six years you know that everything's changing so I think they are planning to become a Premiership club and that's the ultim- ultimately that's what we're in this league to do is to go forward and and get into the Premier League
1: how strange does it feel coming back again for the third time
3: it's quite nice. Uh, there's still a few faces that I know, staff, the players. Maybe coming back with a bit more expectation after my last loan spell did go, go quite well. Um, but I'm ready for the challenge and you know, hopefully all the boys will be as well.
1: How much has it helped you settling in, having sort of a week to just focus on training rather than having any games?
3: Yeah, I think it's a difficult one. It's I think you learn a lot about new players when you're playing games. The kind of people become different personalities on the pitch and the way their leadership skills or their demeanour on the pitch or their personality on the pitch may be completely different to, to in the training pitch so yeah we'll see We'll see on Saturday and hopefully we can all we can all work together and get there and get the three points
1: In what way is this place, how different is it then from when you were last here seven years ago, so um, what's
3: changed? The facilities, the whole training ground if you were here six years ago and you, you came for a tour and then you came back and looked at it today you know it's it's take, taken me back cuz so i didn't expect it to be as good as what it was the the stadium hills was always going to be a brilliant stadium uh, the fans are the fans are top class so i think that they've built it in a way that they are shaping up to become to become a premier league club and and hopefully if that day does come at the end of the season then if you come back next year it might be from there
1: how big a factor in your decision was the manager? Uh, you...
3: It was it was massive to be honest. Um, I spoke to him quite a few times, and I just felt felt almost like the love from from the manager, which is kind of what you need. I knew that the manager wanted me, so hopefully I can get on the pitch and repay that that kind of faith. I hadn't played for a couple of years, showed little glimpses of what I could do, and especially recently, just focused on getting myself ready for January to be able to be in the situation that I'm in now and and show what I can do again.
1: Do you see this really as an opportunity to get your career back on track?
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, I don't think sitting on the bench at Crystal Palace or sitting in the stand is going to make my career go forward in any way, shape or form. So, as I said, as soon as I spoke to the manager here, you know, I said to my dad, I said to my agent, you need to make this happen. Um, It has to happen. And um, thankfully it did
0: i think a lot of us have, have probably you know slightly bemoaned the fact that there's been an opportunity for chancery in his time at wednesday to to blow you know more money in kind of training facilities and stuff interesting that you know Connor wickham being a while being been away for a bit come back and talked about just how much things have improved while he's been away so i found um yeah i found i found his interview quite interesting um he gets a couple of black marks next to his name for calling a sheffield a couple of uh times during his uh interview we we didn't include any of that in the bit that uh, that we that we just ran you did that deliberately that was out of principle wasn't <laughs> it did edit out him calling it's his just sheffield.
1: what i have to say it really winds me up whenever a pundit it's the same with the the other team that again, if they get called Sheffield, it really winds me up. Yeah, you would, having, you would having, think that you know better. I know you really would. You know, it's just the most basic thing. But I, I think sometimes pundits do it deliberately. I swear, almost as if they know that this is going to annoy what like the other fan base, or, or just going to annoy them both. <laughs> so, um, we we've obviously we've talked about the
0: possibility, the prospect of Conor Wickham coming in a few times on this podcast. In fact, I quite jokingly referred to it before it started becoming a, a genuine sort of rumour. The way that he talks about it was as if it was never really in doubt that, you know, he knew that this was the move that he wanted. Players say that quite a bit, don't they? And and, and you know it's one of the things that players are almost taught to say. You get the feeling with Connor Wickham that, that the this you know a real kind of genuine thing there that you know he really did want this move that he probably wasn't interested in anything else we know there were other clubs that had got offers on the table that that were probably accepted as well by by Crystal Palace Um it kind of feels like it means a lot that there's a player that kind of feels like a bit of unfinished business
1: yeah d- definitely uh, and you're right that there was Reading who were in for him there were other clubs that were sniffing around so he he did have other options uh, and they, you know, they waited until the end or they were trying to get the green light to make sure that Powis were happy with everything so that the deal would get done and and go through. I think it, it, Conor Wickham probably would have liked to have actually got out of Powis much earlier than you know, having to wait until deadline day. So it wasn't ideal for him. But yeah, his age, 26, with the injury problems that he's had in his career, you, you could tell from... Uh, You know, 20 minutes of talking to him, that he's really excited, happy to be back uh, and that he's ready to prove a point and that he needs to get his career back on track. It's amazing when you think that Connor Wickham made his senior debut when he was 15 15 is crazy. you know, I've, that I've, I've He's only people. 26 still. Yeah. He's I've been around to a long, that said, oh, long it must time. must be
0: like late 20s now, and you look and think he's still, it's arguably, not even hit the prime yet. You know, that kind of like mid to late 20s, 27, 28, when you still, you know, peak physical shape but you've got all that knowledge that you've got from from playing um look he's a guy that's had a a real crap time of it with injuries over the last couple of years we've not we've not got the best record in the world when it comes to bringing in players that have had injury um problems um he we're opening our hopes on him being the answer I, I, I've played devil's advocate a little bit here, but there is this nagging thing in the back of my mind, just thinking, I'm assuming that it's going to work brilliantly and that it's going to be fantastic and that he's going to score you know,
1: dozens of goals between now and the end of the season. There is just that risk that it might not. Yeah, there is, yeah, and that's what Wickham's got to deal with the expectation and the fact that his last loan at Wednesday was such a huge hit. But that was a long time ago, and a lot has happened since then. And so, yeah, I do think that, of course, when you sign a player from a Premier League club, you've got 16 games to go. So, as much as anything, he's putting himself in the shop window. He's got another year left at Palace, but I think he knows that, and the reality is, that he's not going to be a regular at Palace, so in the summer, he, he's going to have a big decision to make, so you'd you like to think it's going to be a win-win for Wednesday really, That they've, they've got a player who, what does Gary Monk say that he, he looks for in a player all the time, he wants to see that hunger and the desire well, they're getting that with Connor Wickham a, a guy who wants to get his career back on track and has got that point to prove, uh, so you know, we wish him well don't we really, and I think that if he can get five or six goals chip in with a few assists keeps Wednesday in the uh, five or six what Double five figures six. couple of dozen <laughs> sorry I forgot you're thinking that Look, he's the well, new Lionel Messi or <laughs> but he was I mean I know he's not played a lot for Palace recently but the the time he spent on the pitch for Palace he's actually been in decent form Yeah, but yeah he has only played seven or eight matches this season he hasn't started many games it's been a long time so this is why I think we have to be realistic and say is he going to get through starting three games in a week coming up is he going to manage Barnsley, Luton and Reading That I think that's going to be a big ask and yes. so how Gary Monk manages him especially in this next month when they have got the busy schedule he is cup tied as is Josh Windass so they can't play in, in the City game so we get a break from that one but yeah, that's why I think that Connor Wickham was, what, 19 or 20 when he was last here at Wednesday. But he's he's actually had a lot of bad things thrown at him since then through injuries, had lots of misfortune. So I think let's, let's not get our hopes too high. It's just, uh, you know, I think the key will be for him, of course, it's going to be the same with any of Wednesday's strikers, isn't it? Service. Needs quality service. And they need to create more chances. Certainly a lot more chances. Than what they have done in the last two matches. There's been nowhere near enough. So that's got to change. And what was it? Two shots on target. That's what they had. at home to Millwall. And I couldn't tell you what they are. Off the top of my head. I can't remember. So that's that. really. The ammunition. That has really got to be better. Or otherwise. Connor Wickham he's going to find it a bit of a struggle.
0: Let's talk about um, something that didn't happen um, on transfer deadline day, and that's any players going out. So I think we'd probably identified several players that when their Wednesday career is you know in its kind of lame duck period. Um, and we probably knew they weren't all going to go out, but expected at least probably a couple to, to head out. And of course... That didn't happen in, in in the end. Was it just a case of there weren't offers on the table?
1: What what what, what was what was the reasoning? There were inquiries for Jordan Rhodes, um, and one or two others, but nothing met what Wednesday were looking for. And Wednesday there's no point in Jordan Rhodes as an example, there's no point in them letting Jordan Rhodes go on the cheap. Where's the sense in that from a business perspective? And I get that. Right. So Wigan, one of the clubs interested in him, they weren't prepared to pay a, you know, a decent wedge of his salary. And Wednesday were wanting a decent wedge and then also a loan fee. That's what a lot of clubs go for. Mm-hmm. so it's not just you know a lot of people go oh you know it's it's the chairman playing hardball again but if you don't have great offers on the table to take your players off your hands even if it's on a temporary basis then you're not there's no obligation to go through with it they don't it's the, the, the club have got to do what's best for them and of course at the time they were still wondering and thinking with Jordan Rhodes they had been looking at and going That Josh Windass wasn't guaranteed to happen, so yeah, Connor Wickham was quite far down the line, but Josh Wickham, Josh Windass, sorry, they were working on for a lot of deadline day. So you can't let Jordan Rhodes go, even if that was a suitable offer on the table. And as far as I'm aware, there wasn't. There was, you know, there was talk of Celtic being interested in Jordan Rhodes, but there was nothing concrete, you know, with that link. Nothing. Nothing tangible. Milan Mandaric would often say when he tangible. was good at word. the helm. But it's tri- but that's it. And so Wednesday will get the you know critics and the detractors and people moaning. Oh, the no players weren't. You know, didn't, but you know they have, what offers the only good offers they had in the window were to the players that they let go, which were Jordan Foley and Ash Baker.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I kind of, they they went quite early in the window. You almost kind of forget about that, but that you know, neither of them significant in terms of you know the money that that comes in through those. But um, you know, interesting that you know maybe one or two of the players that we know are out of contract and will probably be going anyway that we thought maybe would shift them on early and just get a little bit
1: for them. And, and obviously that that didn't happen in the end. It's not through the want of trying, but you, it, I, I just think it's as simple as this, James. You can't do anything if the offers aren't there. And it's the whole three parties if you need club, wanting to sign player, and then player has to want to go, and then the club that the player represents. So it's three parties involved, so you've got to get them all on board. And so if you're not getting anything that matches your valuation as a football club for your players, then you shouldn't be held to ransom that, you know, in, in a business. You shouldn't. It doesn't matter how like, desperate you are to, unless you completely drop your prices and, and that's not the strategy that Wednesday want to go down, then then you know, this is what, what they're doing. This is the way that they're operating and they're working
0: we'll revisit this in a second because we're going to move on to our opinions now. Um, first of all, let's talk about last week's, uh, which was set by you, which was uh, best foreign signing. Um, I think you probably won this one. With did I? Roland Nielsen. Oh, really? I think, yeah, probably 99% of uh, people on uh, Twitter uh, were in agreement with you and very vocally in disagreement with me about Paolo Di Canio. Uh, some other names did get mentioned, though, and just picked a couple out that I thought were quite interesting. Reggie Blinker got a mention. Um, Jose Smith. Got a mention and uh, Benito Carboni as well. Uh, this week, then, so back to transfers. So we're going to rate yep. Wednesday's transfer
1: window out, out of, of 10. Out of 10. Yes. So go on, I, I'd go with seven. I think this is really, really hard because it depends. You know,
0: good players brought in, um, and then you think, well, yeah, but no significant players going out. So that, you know, mark down for that. And then you also think, well, actually, we need a complete squad rebuild and that didn't happen. That was never going to happen. Fair enough. Um So I'm going to go one less. I'm going to go six.
1: Oh, no, I'm not having that. It was at least a seven, James. No, that's, that's too low. They've signed three players, right, in attacking positions that they needed. Yeah. Right, with Stephen Fletcher out injured. Yeah. So it's yet again evidence of... The financial commitment of the chairman to allow it, I, so I'm that not, you can not bring not the three any of that. Dom, well, <laughs> fine,
0: but we we <laughs> well, will we I'm will be it out there, we then, will be lining up yeah. on Saturday with Barry Bannon and Joey Pellepessi
1: as our midfield pair. I know, but there's a limit to how many players that Wednesday could sign. And also, I, do you know what? I you what? But you've got to I lose a point for that. that. No, no, I disagree. You See, I think that seven is a solid score there was room for improvement and the room for improvement was if they could have got out, you would have to say right now, if they could have got Jordan Rhodes or Kieran Westwood or both, then that's why I, I would have marked them higher. But I, I think for business that they've done, you, I, I don't mean you can knock it for the, the signings that they've made to make three when at one point we're maybe thinking it could only be one. Um. Yeah, I... I don't
0: strongly disagree with you on that. I just I think that seven is just too high. I think that I think the problem is that Wednesday is there's so much business that needs to be done that it's almost impossible to score anything higher than a six, just impossible because we need we need a couple of new fullbacks. We need uh, we need probably two quality central midfielders um, and. We we could actually probably do with another versatile wing player. You know, it's you, the the list is fairly endless about what we need. And crikey, come the summer transfer window, that's a hell of a rebuilding project. And scoring that will be really hard because if we don't bring in like what seven or eight players, then again, you know, you you think it's it's probably not being the best best window.
1: Right. I think, I think I, six I, I, is fair. No, I'm again going to knock down your argument and I, I can do it very intelligently as well by going that Wednesday were only ever going to work in the low market, right? So that was that was made categorically clear at the start of the window and we're thinking it was only going to be maybe one signing possibly two. Wednesday actually brought three in so that's number one. Number two Wednesday couldn't it made it makes absolutely zero sense logically to have brought in any more than the three that they have done, because you can only have five loans in your match day squad. So, and how many loans have Wednesday got at the minute? Five. Okay, look, <laughs> we don't have the greatest record when it comes to players being injured.
0: Like you know, let's it, it, it's strength in depth is is not a bad thing.
1: I know, I agree. But then Gary Monk has made it clear that. With his the policy of youth that he's wanting to, between now and the end of the season, we're going to see, I think, two or three youngsters make their debuts. Okay. I, I, so, so they're so you would have blocked their path if you'd brought more players in than what they have done.
0: Uh, yeah, fair point. That you, you can't you can't add extra points on scoring a transfer window on that basis, though. That's that's a side. No, issue. but that's
1: no, you can because that's strategy. Uh, Yeah, but we're not scoring strategy, we're scoring a transfer window. Uh, yeah but I'm also looking at the overall picture I'm not shifting from six six well okay we'll we'll, we'll let the uh, listeners decide won't we we? but I I think they're going to go look at it more fairly than you and objectively than you on this occasion (laughs) and they're going to go that it's a seven no I think people agree with
0: me and say all those things are fine but we there's still a couple of players that we a couple of positions where we needed to bring so hang on uh, right I'm not letting this go
1: so what would you rather have done then see would you have rather not brought in the three forwards to have then got in another. No, i brought them in figure. as well. It, it doesn't. There's not. There's no. There's nothing that says thou
0: must only sign loans. Like we could have brought in other.
1: No, but with the whole players, EFL charge we're not, we're as not, things stand, uh, that that's off granted, the table. That fine. doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? It doesn't make too much sense, does it? Really, to go spend big or spend masses of uh, money I'm right not talking now. About spending big, but. Um, you know i'm i'm i'm
0: just you know i i'm not taking every single factor into the consideration of just saying i'm just rating a transfer window and i would rate it 6 no if if there are if, no, six if, is EFL, fair if for the efl if the efl will not let us sign players then uh, so be it. but i'm not aware of that situation being there we, we could have if we wanted to bring in another couple of players we could have done there's nothing to physically have stopped us from doing that um, and that would have been an extra couple of points on the on the score
1: no I think you're just gonna have to face facts and just admit when you're wrong James and you're wrong there be some people that give it two. You know that. Well, th- that may be, that but I'll, I'll still outvote you. Okay.
0: So yeah, let us know what um, what you think. Drop us a line on the social media. Give us a score out of 10 for Wednesday's uh, winter transfer window. You can catch Dom at Domhausen, I'm at James Marriott or contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you at this point to our gold sponsor, Tito Law, who you can find at titolaw.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and see you next week.